This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Welcome to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe, a character-by-character look at the coolest heroes and villains that Marvel Comics has to offer. You can thank us later. For now, just listen. Hey, Cool Breeze, this is me, I see Robots. This is the fifth time I've tried to get this intro down. I don't record enough of these to keep it straight. This is the one, though, where we take a look at uh, different Marvel Universe characters, whether they be from comics, cartoons, movies, or in this case, television. The guy we're going to look at today is a dude that goes by the name of Moon Knight. I don't know anything about this guy, so let's light that incense. Let's bang that gong. Let's get going. We'll find out together. You're listening to Icy Robots As long as I have been hanging and banging around comic book shops, whether it be fantasy books and games on uh, Mendocino Avenue, whether it be Cooperstown here in Rinkin Valley, I have known that there was a dude named Moon Knight. I've known that he had a cool costume. I've knew that, like... A lot of people seem super into him, but I did not, never, not, never know anything about the dude, except for the fact he had a white costume, some sort of like an Egyptian motif, and that his uh, name was Mark Spector. But as long as I can recall back, dudes have really been into this guy. There have been like all sorts of attempts to make Moon Knight a big character, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't ever seem like it clicks for whatever reason. I think that when, when people see this like, this shocking white costume with this like, this piece overhanging down in the front of the hood, and he just, he looks so heck darn cool that he's like, this guy must be a star. In some ways, he's like the Lex Luger of the comic book world. Lexi, Flexi Lexi, the narcissist Lex Luger. He had a million buck appearance, but for whatever reason, he never seemed to connect with the fans the way that the people wanted him to, the people up top is what I mean when I say the people, the promoters, and I just feel like Moon Knight is a guy like that. He definitely looks like a million bucks. I'm checking him out right here, and his costume is so dynamic. It's like, it's white, he has a cool cape, just really, really cool, the moon on his chest, very recognizable symbol, but uh, what does he mean? What does he stand for? Who is he? I don't even know. We're gonna find out when we uh, get into this guide here. Let's see, this is the July... July of what year issue? July of 1983, and it goes from the Mandarin all the way to Mystique. Moon Knight is on page 24. He has a one-page entry, and then there's also one for his helicopter, and he has a mansion. Our guy is rich. Moon Knight's got his stag, and excuse me, I just... I just dropped my pen, but uh, let's get into uh, into the whereabouts of the book. Let's see. We're going to examine first... Some kind of uh, personal data. I'm out of sorts with doing this. I haven't recorded one of these in a while. You gotta stick with me. It's gonna be fun. Personal details, height, weight, and that sort of thing. Moon Knight. Real name, Mark Spector. Occupation, professional adventurer, mercenary, millionaire, and cab driver. Identity, secret. Legal name, legal status, citizen of the United States with no criminal record. Former aliases, none. 
Other current aliases, Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley. Place of birth, Chicago, Illinois. Marital status is single. Known relatives, Randall Spector, brother, deceased. Group affiliations, none. Base of operations, Grant Mansion, Long Island, New York. First appearance, Werewolf by Night, number 32, circa... 1975. 1975. Character bio. Like how did they get their powers and stuff like that. Mark Spector was a mercenary, soldier of international reputation, an ex-prize fighter, former Marine commando, former CIA liaison, and a veteran of three African wars and five South American revolutions. At the peak of his career as a soldier of fortune, Spector worked as second-in-command to Royal Bushman, a terrorist for hire who had his face tattooed as a death mask. Yo, Mark Spector, dude, be careful of the company you keep. If the homeboy who's, like, in command of you has, like, a tattoo of a death mask on his face, you might be a bad guy. You might be on the bad guy side, but that just might be me oversimplifying something difficult. What you have here with Mark Spector at the start is he's basically, like, he's the male equivalent of a Mary Sue. Homeboy can do everything. He can fist fight. He's like a super tough, bare-knuckle MMA street fighter. He's been in a million wars. He has an international reputation as a soldier. He's like super famous all over the world, like he's Duke from G.I. Joe or something of that sort. While fighting rebel forces in Sudan, south of the Egyptian border, Spectre's trusted aide, Frenchie, discovered Bushman's plan to raid a nearby archeological dig for gold treasures. Already believing he had been working for the wrong side, Spectre decided to leave. Bushman's traveling to the dig, Spectre witnessed an attempt on Bushman's life by Dr. Peter Allerain, an angry American archaeologist trying to preserve the treasures. Traveling to the dig, Spectre witnessed an attempt on Bushman's life by Dr. Peter Allerain, an angry American archaeologist trying to preserve the treasures of the pharaoh Seti III. Instinctively, Spectre thwarted the attempt and saw Bushman savagely murder his attacker. Sickened. Spectre told the archaeologist's daughter Marlene to get to safety and then confronted Bushman. Bushman bested Spectre and left him out in the desert to die. Staggering determinedly through the desert toward civilization, Spectre collapsed a short distance from the dig he tried to save. Workers discovered him and brought him to shelter. Spectre was suffering from such great heat exhaustion that his heart stopped beating for almost a minute. While Marlene watched over him, blaming him for her father's death and yet sad that he had also died, Spectre revived. Touched by his brush with death, he attributed his rebirth to the presence of the statue of Konchu, the Egyptian god of the moon. Spectre draped himself in the cloak that his statue had been preserved in and declared himself the Moon Knight of Vengeance. Spectre destroyed Bushman's forces in that part of the world and then took Marlene and Frenchie back to America. So basically, our homeboy is nuts. He had a near-death experience, like he was in this tent after getting beat up by Bushman. He's starving. He's dying of heat exhaustion, he's thirsty, he's laying there in the desert in a tent. But somehow, somehow basically because of its constitution being so strong, because he's the uh, Mary Sue, the MS, the Mark Spector, he pops back alive. He sees a statue, he sees a statue in front of him and he said, you know, what brought me back to life must be that statue. And he decided to change his life there and become a superhero. I mean, I've heard weirder origins, it's not that great, it shows a serious serious lack of judgment, a serious uh, depth of a mental illness in our guy, Mark. But I know that's something he struggles with, and it's all it's all good in the hood, but uh, weird, wacky stuff. You are listening to the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. Many months later, 
Spectre employed Frenchie to infiltrate a Los Angeles-based organization called The Committee. When The Committee became interested in capturing the werewolf Jack Russell, Frenchie posed as a committee member, recommended mercenary Mark Spectre to do the job. Frenchie presented The Committee with a silver battle suit in the image of the statue of Konshu for Spectre to wear, pretending to create the Moon Knight identity for the occasion. Spectre, as Moon Knight, found Russell and brought him to the committee. Learning the true reason why they wanted him, Spectre freed the werewolf and battled the committee, bringing a temporary halt to their operations. He then adopted the alias of millionaire Stephen Grant and parlayed Spectre's mercenary monies into a fortune on Wall Street. Spectre, Frenchie, and Marlene then bought a mansion on Long Island and established it as the base of operations for the Moon Knight and his crime-fighting career. That's all super wild stuff and it makes no sense at all what did they want the werewolf for it does not say in there and i don't i don't care to look but uh, i guess that's the werewolf by night another character i'm not super familiar with but i do like the idea that his name is jack russell i think that that's i think that that's really funny but uh we have another um mary sue like situation here in that mark specter was able to take the money and make a fortune on wall street so not only is he like an amazing street fighter an amazing warrior. He's also a Wall Street mogul. Dude has it all going on, but uh, it's cool, man. I guess that's kind of that's kind of the deal with all superheroes. They all kind of have it all going on in all ways. And then every once in a while, a superhero will come around and they have a little bit of trouble. Maybe they're a little poor or whatever, and they they kind of get over in that sense. You got like a Spider-Man. I feel like the one of the reasons he got over in a big way is because he's poor. Because he's one of us. He's a man of the people. He's not a Bruce Wayne. He's not a Mark Spector. But you still need the Mark Spectors out there for people to look up to and to uh, aspire to be, I guess. I, I know not. But the whole the whole thing with like how he came up with the costume and presented it, it's all it's all kind of weird. It all kind of doesn't make any sense. But I think this is part of the reason why Moon Knight's never got over. Because he doesn't make sense. Because people know nothing of him. So... Being on a Disney Plus show nowadays, this might be the final option for him to get over. He's not getting over as a comic character. He's not getting over in this way. But this might be the form that the Flexi Lexi of the Marvel Universe gets over as a TV star. I don't know. Three, Maybe. Four, four. Powers and abilities. Like what can they do and such. Alright, let's get at it. He is six foot two, 225 pounds, with eyes of brown and hair of also brown. His, His powers. powers. Moon Knight has no superhuman powers, but is an Olympic-level athlete with extraordinary strength, endurance, agility, and fighting skills. He can lift 450 pounds over his head. Years of mercenary work and commando experience have given him a broad range of hand-to-hand -hand combat techniques, dude. Lifting 450 pounds over your head is absolutely bananas. I I hang and clang down at the gym uh, around the corner for me, and I've never, not never one time seen anybody lift 450 pounds in any form, nonetheless, nonetheless, all the way over their head. That's, that's crazy, though. This guy, though, man, he's... He's got it all. He's an adventurer, a cab driver, a millionaire, a, a mercenary, a world-class uh, bodybuilder, weightlifter, kung fu fighter. I I just get it, dude. He is kind of like Marvel's answer to Batman. I I remember somebody saying that at, at the comic shop back in the day. I remember hanging out there and they were talking about Moon Knight. And somebody was like, you know, he's basically like Batman, but he's crazier. He's tougher because whereas Batman wears black and tries to hide... 
Moon Knight wears white, and he doesn't care who sees him. I, I can see that point, but it's also, it's also a little weird, I think, to, to go out at night fighting crime and then wearing white instead of uh, something that might blend in a little better. But as we know, Moon Knight might not be there all 100% up in the uh, brain space. He might be a little uh, a little kooky. Sometimes to kind of flesh these out, I'll go on to the uh, marvelfandom.com. It's a wiki where they have all, all the kind of bios of, of the characters and stuff. It really it really just kind of like adds a little flavor to the top of these. And they, they have a power grid as one of the, one of the features. And, and you, you get rated on a scale of one to five. For Moon Knight, his intelligence is two. Strength is three. Speed is two. Durability is three. Energy projection is one. He has no ability to shoot beams. And his fighting skills, those are a four. His other abilities are he is an expert pilot, an expert detective, good detective, private investigator with broad skills and knowledge and understanding of the criminal underworld. He is an interrogation expert employing military secret police methods of torture. Master marksman, capable of hurling all types of projectiles, but like we learned earlier, he doesn't have any kind of beams. He can throw stuff. Weapons master? Spectre is adapt with nearly every weapon ever invented, ranging from swords, knives, chains, brass knuckles, shurikens, longbows, bolos, boomerangs, automatic assault rifles, machine guns, submachine guns, grenade launchers, anti-tank bazookas, and even electronic remote firing station such as an anti-aircraft full auto chain gun. He's also a master of martial arts. Spectre is a former heavyweight boxing champion who underwent intense training as a commando. He is skilled in armed and unarmed combat with training in boxing, judo, Krav Maga, Salat, Dombe, Savat, Eskrima, Karate, Muay Thai, and also Kung Fu. His knowledge is extensive enough that he has been shown that he can use pressure points against his opponents, striking nerve clusters to stun or even instantly incapacitate. On more than one occasion, he has fought the Punisher to a sand standstill. He's multilingual. He uh, can speak Arabic and Samarkian. He has insane amounts of pain resistance. He can... He can resist torture. He's spiritually gifted, numb from all years of damage to his body. He has an incredibly high tolerance and threshold for pain. He also has telepathic resistance. Let's take a look at some of his weapons before we move into, in, into some other stuff. Although he's mastered every weapon ever invented, Moon Knight displays a fondness for certain moon-themed objects referred to as his toys. These include throwing darts, nunchucks, and a truncheon. He has crescent darts. These are probably his favorite weapon. They are symmetrical throwing blades that function as his calling card. Spectre keeps dozens of them in protective holsters placed around his body. He has a truncheon. This ingenious device functions as a simple club, nunchuck, and also a grappling hook. By itself, it can be wielded as a blunt object or it can be thrown. It also separates into two shorter clubs linked in a chain and you can use these to entangle people or... He can uh, lengthen the club's arc and use it to travel. This is this is really similar, I think, to the staff that uh, Daredevil has. He has, like, a stick that becomes two sticks, and sometimes there's, like, a chain in the middle, and sometimes he can, like, swing it like a rope. He also has crescent launcher pistols. These are, like, dart guns, I guess. He has an energy shield. This is later. Later in his career, he had an energy shield. He also has some onks that uh, light up. These are on his uniform, and they light up showing danger. I don't know what that's about, but... uh. He also has two crescent moons on his chest that he can use as throwing stars, 
Much like, much like Batarangs. There's also, like, this whole deal where he somehow became imbued with the powers of a, uh, Egyptian god. But this is, this is all after the handbook of the Marvel Universe type stuff. And what, what I like to do with this show is, like, look at the early origins of the character and see in, in some ways, like, how, how the character was, like, like, first conceived before they decided to, like, tweak it and change it and stuff. But I... I think that the more modern version where he's some sort of like an Egyptian god with immortality and all this stuff. I think that this is, I think this is what we're looking at on the uh, Moon Knight um, Disney Plus TV show. But I, I'm sticking with the handbook of the Marvel Universe, the early stuff, the early origins. This is all going to be played out in the show, I'm sure. But uh, let's look forward and see what, um, I don't know, his first appearance in comics and things like that. Other stuff like, what was their first appearance? Is it valuable? Any cool toys or anything like that? You've got mail. All right, we are presently on the world's biggest marketplace, a site known as eBay, and we're looking at Werewolf by Night number 32. This is a comic that came out in 1975, and it is, it's a pretty pricey comic, my guys. If you're looking for like a graded version, like a graded 9 is listed, uh, well, there's a, a, quite a few listed, but they're all in the range of like 10 $15,000. Let's see if there are any. Yeah, there are in fact some that are paid. Here's a 9.4 that somebody paid $11,000 for. Here's another $7,000. One way that you can you can see if um the item was actually paid for is you you can you can um go and see look, this one here $11,000, but the seller relisted it. He relisted it. So that means that they did not actually pay the $11,000, but this one here right under it for $10,000 was not realistic. So that does, that does lead me to believe that the person paid for it or uh, they did not pay for it. And then I guess the person didn't, didn't list it again. So we know that this is a very valuable comic book. I, I have kind of an anecdote about it. One time I was at the flea market. This was, this must've been like, geez, it must've been like 10 years now. It was a long time ago. It was at the, the 40 and eight. That's the big flea market at the veterans building. I was walking around there and I saw a girl. I saw a girl with two comics in her hand and she was showing them to uh, a guy she was with, her boyfriend, maybe her friend, I don't know. But one of them was the first appearance of Ghost Rider. The other one was the first appearance of Moon Knight. And she's like, look what I just found in this box and she was pointing at a box of comics and she had bought these comics for I don't know a dollar each I I can't even imagine but I I can still picture it in my head I picture her holding this Ghost Rider book and holding this Moon Knight book and I I, I look at it and I go you know if you would have just got here half an hour earlier if you would have got out of bed and you would have been here 20 minutes earlier, you would be the owner of the $11,000 Moon Knight comic book. You would be the owner of this Johnny Blaze, the first appearance of Johnny Blaze. But in fact, you are not the owner of either, and some girl is. I wonder who this girl was. I wonder what happened to these books. I wonder where they are. Let's let's take a look, though. There have been a lot, a lot, a lot of different Moon Knight figures. He's been a Marvel Knight. He has been a, he's been a Marvel legend. He's been a Mezco. He's been a hot toy. He has been a Funko Pop. He has been any number of things. And any of these versions of toys, they all seem like they sell. I'm looking like his Marvel legend is here for like 150 bucks. Somebody bought it. Moon Knight is just like, he's such a popular character, despite never really like never being, like, super valuable in the world of comics as far as, like, 
you know, his appearances are valuable, but he's never been like a draw. He's never been somebody that people run out like, oh, there's a new Moon Knight series. Let's go get it. There have been a number of Moon Knight statues, uh, custom Moon Knight statues, XM Studios statue, Marvel Knight statue, Bowen designs. He He's such a dynamic looking character that people cannot help but go and make new things. Here's a Moon Knight mini bust. You can get that for 150 bucks. It's pretty cool. I personally, I've never gotten into collecting statues. Not that I don't think they're cool, because I think that they are, in fact, very cool. But I just, I don't have the real estate for all these statues. I only have one. It's a statue of Batgirl, and I do like it quite a bit. But uh, these Moon Knight ones, very, very dynamic. Let's see if there's anything, anything that's interesting. Here's a little Eagle Moss collectible figurine of our guy. Here's uh, another Moon Knight mini bust, Moon Knight statue. Man. Our guy Moon Knight has so much merch. There are, it looks like, numerous different Moon Knight pops. Here's a variant. Here's Moon Knight number 267, Funko Pop, which uh, in which he glows in the dark. Somebody just paid $1,000 for that. That's crazy. I'm not, I'm not into pops. Good on you if you are. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't like, I just don't like the way they look. I don't like their big heads. I can see how you think they're cool. I do get it. I think that they are fun in a way, but I just can't. I can't get into collecting them. What, what I do think is kind of cool is how the boxes are just like little little rectangles that if you were into collecting pops, you could just stack them all over the place. And that would that would be fun. Let's, uh, let's see. Moon Knight. Let's go back and take a look and see what kind of Moon Knight figures we can get in here. Here's a Marvel Universe Moon Knight. Those are like the Marvel Legends, but they're much smaller. I think those are really fun. I, I used to buy them back in the day, but the line the line didn't last. But they're like three and a quarter inches, three and three quarter inches, and and they have like the the detailing of of um a Marvel Legend. I think they're really fun. Lots of lots of Moon Knight stuff. I'm not even kidding. Let's see what is the highest. I always feel like that's. That's a fun way to go. This uh, Here's a set of Marvel Legends Figure 2 Walgreens exclusive Moon Knight. You can't get him by himself. It comes in a group of the other four. But let's uh, let's see. That's $300. Let's go, just go for best match. Moon Knight figure. Custom Moon Knight. Marvel Legends Moon Knight. $85. Walgreens exclusive Moon Knight. $90. Marvel Gold Moon Knight. $50. These are all listed. Not necessarily sold. Here is a loose Oscar Isaac custom. Somebody wants 60 bucks for that. Moon Knight uh, Toy Biz, 50 bucks. I, somewhere in my stuff, I have a big Moon Knight figure, a 10 inch Moon Knight. And I don't, I don't know what happened to it, but I do remember having it. It's this one right here. Somebody had to list it for 50 bucks with free shipping. I remember having that. It's in the garage somewhere. I wonder if it like fell off a shelf and I just never even noticed that it was, that it was laying on the ground. But, uh, there you have it, guys. There are Moon Knight t-shirts. There are Moon Knight sweatshirts. All kinds of Moon Knight cosplay weapons. He's been a superhero squad. 25 bucks for that. I, uh, people like Moon Knight. People love Moon Knight. But, uh, do people actually read Moon Knight comics? I don't know. I have no idea. But, uh, they like the way he looks. They think he looks cool. And I have to agree. He also does look very cool. Let's, um, let's take one more little, uh, look into the world of Moon Knight. He has, uh, appeared in a serialized manga, manga. He is in the, the um, Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six animated series in an episode, uh, The Moon Knight Before Christmas. Oh, he was voiced by, uh, Diedrich Bader, who you might know from the, uh, he was in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. He played Jethro. Uh, he was in the Avengers Assemble animated cartoon. So our guy, 
Our guy's been around quite a bit. He's been in a bunch of video games. He was in Spider-Man Web of Shadows. He was in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel Avengers Alliance. I, I just think people like him, man. People like the way he looks. But uh, there you have it. I think this is just about everything anyone would ever want to know about the guy known as Moon Knight. Maybe you might want a little bit more, a little more current info. But uh, in this show here, we're just looking at the retro stuff, dude. We're just looking at back in the day. We're seeing how these characters were conceived. And now, now you know. So we're going to get up out of here. And I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all this fun stuff. But uh, until we meet again, make mine Marvel. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day -ah. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.